Hello, everyone. It's been quite some time, and in these trying times, I can only ask myself, and all of you, where do we begin? I am your host, Wayne Radio TV. I am Trog, here again. I am Log, here even more. Uh, I'm Balp, and I don't know what the bit is. There is no bit. There is only darkness. I love when Wayne cuts me off before I can say anything. And I'm Gur. I'm Gur. Hi. Cut out what he said and only put what I said. You got it. There doesn't always have to be a bit, Balp, you know? There's not always a bit. Sometimes we're just living our lives and being ourselves. Sometimes the podcast just starts and you haven't thought about how you're going to introduce yourself, so it kind of, it kind of comes out weird, and you just, just... So you just say some bullshit at the end? Yeah. And... I wanted to go for that somber, sad tone Why? and then immediately contradict it with power and energy, because that's what we're going to bring you with this episode. We're back. It's been months, baby, but we're back at it again. Where do we begin? And the answer is here. We finally figured it out. Right here. It starts It starts now. Does that mean we have to quit the podcast? Disconnect from the server. Okay. I think that's a bad idea. I don't think anybody should do that. Uh, that was a joke. The The moment that we truly find out where we begin, we, we do have to stop. So if you guys figure out, don't tell me. We didn't know where were we where we were going to begin because I I personally had no idea where I was going to begin. So at least one fifth of the podcast is still viable. We almost never do, unless no. someone is, like, telling jokes beforehand, like, and we have something to start with. It's usually just whatever the fuck comes out of our mouths. We'll get used to it. The last episode was in March 10th, so it's been two months, and a lot has happened since then. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy, because it feels like the last time we recorded the podcast was six months ago, which means, <laughs> I think, like, these last two months have felt like agonizingly long i guess time is fucked time is fucked and you know what we are here we're going to relay all of the current events everything going on in the world we're about to go over it paper mario new paper mario today yeah that's it nothing else has happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was the event of may 14th that's like that's what they're gonna write down in the farmer's almanac that they make retroactively at the end of the farmer's almanac what? It's it's the it's the reverse Falmer's Falmer's almanac. Um, Falmer. Faltmer. What are we? Is it? Are we in fucking Skyrim? Yeah. It's, what? <laughs> so Zebediah is going to crack open his year in review almanac and he's going to put his finger on May fourteenth. He's going to say, "Oh yeah, Paper Mario got announced on this day and nothing else <laughs> happened. Everything else was great." I gotta say though. It looks like it's going to be a decent Paper Mario game. It could be cool. It's supposed to be more of an RPG, right? Well, I mean, like, the last two were RPGs. It's just they were RPGs with no, like, interesting thing going for them. Like, they always stray too far from the Paper Mario formula, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This one looks to be going a little bit more in the the classic direction. Uh, There's going to be partners. They don't have a unique design to them, but there's going to be partners. Uh, so you have that going for you. Uh, there's going to be combat with no stickers or paint involved. Wonderful. Fantastic. I know there's origami. Yeah, you, well, you don't, you don't do origami folds during combat, though. You, you spin a wheel, you line up your opponents, and then you knock them all down. Whenever I was watching the, uh, the trailer, 
what really like not a specific thing stood out to me, but for some reason, and I can't really even pinpoint why, it kind of gave me like a Super Mario RPG vibe in a good way. Like, I don't know. I can't say exactly what. Really? Yeah, something about it. I think it's because they showed a lot of like mini games. It's like the 3D? It's like a lot of mini game type content in it. And Super Mario RPG had a lot of like mini game stuff. I will say. I don't have much of an opinion on old Paper Mario games. I've never been a huge fan. I, the original's great. And, and, and Thousand Year Door, I've never really played through it, but I respect it. And I'll say that I like the idea of the origami thing. It's like, well, we got Paper Mario. Let's fold the paper. Now it's a 3D game. And, that's, and now everything, everything has changed. <laughs> it's all new. The playing field has never been more different. It also surprised me because the trailer seems to really be like the beginning of the trailer starts off and it's like it's like trying to be scary, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's like, yeah, Paper Mario has never really been known for its horror aspects, but I guess that's one way to to try something new out. When the origami Princess Peach shows up, I was I agree. It was kind of jarring. I thought she was going to walk out and be like, hello, Mario. And I thought, honestly, when when the trailer starts, I thought everything was going to be origami. Like, I thought it was just like, okay, so it's not like the regular Paper Mario. It's just it's this totally new thing. But no, uh, origami's evil and it wants to kill you. That's the other thing, right? It's like after the announcement, I read somewhere somebody said it's like, you know, the past couple of games, they've been making the story all about how, like, the paper gimmick. It's like, oh, it's stick. Oh, there's stickers. Oh, the world has lost color. You gotta paint it. Um, or whatever. But this one, it's like, alright, it's, the story's about origami, but the origami is like body snatchers shit. So it's, yeah, it's that's cool. cool. I, I like the idea. I think also, uh, like, Compared to, and to be fair, I didn't play Sticker, Star, Color, Splash. I don't know if that's what those are called. I didn't play those two, but uh, it looks like visually a lot more interesting. Like, it feels like there's a lot more going on, which is which is good, because I feel like the color one and the sticker one just kind of seem dead from the screenshots. Like, they didn't really try hard on those. I have never played Paper Mario at all. The first two are very good. Do you like RPGs? Uh-huh. They're fun RPGs. The original Paper Mario has the best RPG basic battle theme of any RPG. Um, that, is, that is that is my that is my that is my like resounding thought of that game. It's the one that stands out. What about Superstar Saga? What about that? basic combat theme what is that but i don't know what that sounds like about play it that was great it was pretty good actually i think i was just singing axel f so ignore that i think that was i think that might have been crazy frog i think they got mixed up in my head don't you love that part in the paper mario battle theme that's like bong bong yeah yeah i hear i hear crazy frog is actually doing the soundtrack for the new one it's so weird that's crazy frog can't be crazy frog's dead what? No. He got killed. He got shot. Hang on. I have. To, I gotta look this up. He got dehydrated and died. He didn't get wet enough. There was a guy dressed in a bear costume that shot him to death. Whenever you say Crazy Frog, do you mean the cartoon CGI character Crazy Frog is dead, or like the the actual Eurodance group is dead? Yes. Or both? I think it was something stupid, like they announced that the character is dead. Um, and then they stopped making music. Oh, like Mr. Peanut. 
They're going to yeah. do Baby Frog. It's going to yeah. be great. Everyone's going to love it. Oh, shut up, please. Well, now I'm on the Crazy Frog Wikipedia page, <laughs> and I do want to say that the years active are 2005 to present, so I do believe Crazy Frog, what? luckily. He's still out there. He's still out there. He's still out there? When oh, the fuck? No. When was the last Crazy Frog song? Uh, let me scroll down this page, and I'll tell you. Uh, 2009. Damn, they've been, they're working on their comeback album It's been since like 2009. 11 years. It is going to, every everyone, you know, right now in the, in the, you know, the cultural spotlight, it's like everybody's talking about like 100 Gex. You either hate it or you think it's gonna, you think it's gonna revolutionize music. No, fuck that. Crazy Frog is gonna come back and it's gonna change everything. It's it's going to re it's going to retell music as we know it. Does Crazy Frog really have two full albums? Yes, Crazy Frog has three full albums. I was going to say they have three. I have one. They're going to have the first songs with "Smell." Wow, <laughs> "Smell the Frog" is the title frog. of the album. <laughs> "Smell the Frog." <laughs> Man, you know. I'm not going to sit here and read the entirety of the history section on the Crazy Frog Wikipedia page. I'm just going to say, you know what? Here's your your homework for this episode of the podcast. Go look up the history of Crazy Frog on Wikipedia. It's weird. You might find it interesting. It, it is a tale of composition and tax evasion. Does it say something on there about how he had a penis at one point? No. No, it doesn't. It does say that it was uh, marketed by the ringtone provider jamba yeah so jamba yeah i know jamba back when you paid for ringtones i was about to bring that up when's the last time you guys have thought about ringtones like as a concept oh this year i I feel like i've talked about jamster on stream many times because it's so fucking funny and how (laughs) much it costs yeah it is so irrelevant now and it was such like it was such a big thing i feel like even you know probably before i even had a cell phone it was a thing but obviously as a teenager i didn't care it was big enough to warrant large-scale tv advertising campaigns yeah like they they was it was fucking everywhere and oh Text my god Peter one it's insane <laughs> it's insane how much of a scam it was too i don't even know i've i've dealt with those services when i was that old like but not because i wanted the ringtones it was because i wanted points on prize rebel hell yeah and i wanted you know what i'm talking about right the hell was that you don't remember prize you Rebel? don't oh man we're just gonna go off on tangent after tangent on this episode i mean huh? that's what this podcast is where do we begin is all that about is what tangents. the podcast is yeah you're right i want to say during the time that that kind of stuff was popular i lived overseas and missed out entirely on it well you didn't really miss much. I had AFN. I had I had constant commercials about you had power of attorney commercials. Power of attorney, yeah. <laughs> Consider the fact that these commercials have fallen in and out of the public zeitgeist like while you were overseas. You didn't miss anything. Nobody is thinking about these things now. No, I'm not going to say like, "Oh no, I missed advertisements." You were lucky. You you went to like a time chamber. You like when you did. left these awful cursed commercials hit the airwaves and by the time you got You lived in a crazy frog-free world. Yeah, by the time you got back, we like purged ourselves of it. Okay. I when I left America, Obama had just been voted president of the United States for the first time. Uh-huh. When I got back to Who? the United States, it was 2012. Who? Uh, uh, Barack <laughs> Obama? Don't know him. Bob Bob Perano? <laughs> Next question. Anyway, Crazy Frog. 
We know Crazy Frog, though. We were talking about Crazy Frog, and then we talked talked about Prize Rebel. I'm surprised that Gur doesn't know what Prize Rebel is. I don't know what Prize Rebel is. You never... Okay. Consider the time period of, like... what? When would it have been? Like, probably, like, 2008-ish era, right? Like, 2008... 2008 2000, 2010. The days yeah. we were still on the forum. Yeah. Prize Rebel was a website for kids and teenagers who wanted things but couldn't uh, get a job. To get... Nexon cards. Yeah, who wanted DFO gotcha oh, pulls. I see. If you wanted Nexon cash or if you wanted, like, I don't know, like, toys. I, I can't even membership. remember. Like, yes, it was like RuneScape membership, Toontown membership, fucking Nexon cash. Prize Rebel was a website where you could do menial tasks uh, in return for prize points and oh, then redeem said shit. prize points for stuff like Nexon cash. Yes, a lot of it. Yes, it was surveys. It had a wide variety of things. It was surveys. It was signing up for free trials. It was yep. like a lot of that. Like yep. the surveys would give you a pittance of points. And some of them were like the surveys that you had to do for prize rebel were fucked up because I think what it was is they didn't care about the surveys. The surveys were endlessly long, like with the point where I think like there would be an advertise on each an advertisement on each page and it would like just force them onto your screen so that they could generate ad, ad revenue. If I had to yeah, guess, because exactly. I remember some of the surveys that you'd have to do would literally be like 300 pages long of just the most bullshit questions about Walmart. Like yep. <laughs> just this question, this question is just like, do you want a Walmart gift card? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Did you go to school when you were three? No. It's just like ridiculous shit that they don't care. Like, I don't know why anyone would care about it. And you would get like 100 points and you would need like 2,000 points for like $5 of Nexon cash. But So they were just trying to like dig out as much info about you as a, garbage as a possible info. consumer as they could. Garbage info and to generate their own ad revenue. Like, because that's that's where, like, they were getting the funds from. Like, these websites would right. pay Prize Rebel, I'm imagining, to make them this ad money. The But then the other way you got points, the way you got the, the get-rich-quick scheme on... Sorry. The get-rich-quick scheme on Prize Rebel was get free trials for things that would gouge your credit card like jam oh, yeah, so for like sure. you if you wanted if you wanted ten dollars in exxon cash you needed like 2500 points which was fucking tricky to get you want 3000 points instantly sign up for a jamster ringtone which will cost you like 25 dollars but they don't say that anywhere because that's buried in the fine print so what you were supposed to do was like sign up with like fake credit card info or whatever and like try to scam them out of the prize rebel points the uh, there were there was like all kinds of tricks that you could try to pull. Uh-huh. And I tried it once and I fucked up the trick and I got like $30 charged to my phone bill. What? Shit. <laughs> you gave him your real phone number? Bro, I don't know. I was like 10. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember what I tried, but I right. did it wrong. That sounds so crazy to me because that means that like, sh- like f- as an adult, it's like, yeah, okay, I have money. So that means like, I'm imagining that this website is like all 10 year olds across America just constantly filling out surveys yeah. about Walmart. That's so what it was. That is absolutely what it was. It's all kids and teenagers. Yeah. It's all kids and teenagers or just people that are like stupidly frugal. Now, see, that's, I was going to bring something up was, uh, I didn't do that, but I did something that was kind of similar where you had to do surveys and shit to get some like in game currency. And I don't even remember what it was anymore. Oh yeah. They do it. They did it in all kinds of games. Specifically remember how 
you know, like you said, it was, it was, uh, you got fuck all for points for regular surveys. But if you signed up for a credit card, oh boy, you got so oh, many points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was on Prize Rebel too. Yeah. It was like either do or either get a free trial that requires you to punch your your credit card number in and then like cancel it before that happened. Like, and that's why like certain certain people were able to make a lot more off Prize Rebel because if you just did free trials and you had a credit card and you could just cancel them, you actually would get a lot of points. But like for the kids, it was like, yeah, if you want to do that, you have to like get your fucking mom's credit card. You have to go into dangerous territory if you want those Nexon cash points. That's sketchy, but then the one that I'm talking about where it specifically was like, hey, you want these points? You're going to have to get a fucking credit card in your name. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I just, so I just, Prize Rebel's still up, and I just checked it, and it reminded me why one of this site was so attractive. Because it would literally, it had an option to literally, like, pay you out to PayPal. Like, you could just get money. Wow, really? I didn't even use it for that. And they still have that. The uh, wild get free PayPal money today. I love I love the sentence. Do you need Robux to keep gaming? Get free Roblox card. <laughs> nice. I do. So the site has evolved. This site is targeting a new era of kids playing Roblox. Oh, they yeah. need Robux to oh, buy yeah. the admin T-shirt so they can merc people, all right. RDM people on the obstacle course. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all the kids out there watching this, the millions of children that play Roblox, watching uh-huh, this, uh-huh. W- watching this, listening to this podcast right now i'm gonna give them my secret trick here's what i would do i would go to a store and get one of those prepaid visa gift cards then anytime one of the big buck uh surveys would pop up where you have to put in the credit card information you put in the fake credit card and then you get paid out you're supposed to do that's that shit worked so well it was insane i probably got like literally two hundred dollars of like nexon cash from doing that from no! like one from like one twenty five dollar visa gift card. It was crazy. I remember at that age, like how deeply I desired Nexon cash. Like I would ask for it for my fucking birthday. <laughs> yeah. Like to get the cool we all on that Nexon crazy. To get the cool like spray paint hat. Bro, I got like a husky. The husky would live for ninety days and then he would die and you'd have to pour oh, magic water no. on him that cost twenty bucks to bring him back to life. <laughs> oh man. Fucked up. Oh my god. Nah, nah. Uh, real shit was using your Nexon cash to spin the wheel in Dungeon Fighter Online Hell for, yeah. random, for random cosmetics with random stats on them. For me, it was all about Maple Story. I didn't play DFO. Like I didn't put. I did play DFO, but I didn't put Nexon Cash into DFO. Like I was. I was even younger because this was all before DFO was even a thing when I tried to do all this. You know, I got those attack speed, head and face accessories. That's what it was. On. The best thing you could get in DFO were these earrings that increased your attack speed, and they would sell for like millions and millions of gold because it was the stupidest <laughs> system where it was a random drop. Like you, it was like a gotcha. Right, you put in a token, you get some like, uh, uh, you get something out of it, and it was, it could have been like nine different things. There's only one that was worth anything. Maple Story had the gotcha too, but I never did it because I was like, I think you I- fused them together, truck. So what you're thinking of was true. Everybody was on that bamboo bracelet grind, but <laughs> the thing is that I have that bamboo bracelet. The, t- you paid Nexon cash, you spun the wheel. It gave you a random cosmetic. Yeah, it was a cosmetic, but it wasn't a cosmetic because it had stats. Yeah, a random cosmetic with a random stat attached to it. One of those stats for certain type for certain categories of cosmetics could be attack speed. That was by far the best in the game. 
it was so like, sought far. after. But also, you could not sell anything that you got out of that machine. So it was like extremely exclusive. You had to pay money to get the access to this. Really? Man, I could have sworn they were tradable, but maybe I am thinking of something else. Back then, they were not tradable. That's wild. Shit was crazy, man. I never, like, man, the Nexon, the old grind on Nexon games was, like, insane. We're just remembering, like, like, because you guys were talking about, like, the gotcha and shit. Like, they had that in Maple Story, but I never did it. I never bought tickets for it because I never got to the point where, like, I would be able to equip anything I got out of it because it would take me literally months and months to hit, like, level 30 when, like, level 120 was the cap. Like, it took so long. It, oh, man. I, like... I miss how it felt. I feel like I've never felt more accomplished than hitting level 30 in MapleStory for the first time as a kid. I don't think I missed that. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I, that, but I'm talking out of my ass because like no fucking way would I do anything like that as an <laughs> yeah, adult. Exactly. But like, it's just that sense of feeling video games can't do that for me anymore. So now I have to do heroin. Yeah. You don't do heroin, by the way. No one, no one on this podcast does No, heroin. we don't do drugs. It's that it kind of thing that you, that you are into as a kid where it's like, Kids haven't, like, fallen into the trap yet. I think they have. Have you seen Fortnite? Have you seen Roblox? The kids these days. No, that's different. I'm trying... Have you seen iOS Store? Let me tell you about V-Bucks, my friend. The thing the thing is that whenever you're, like, little kid mode, the, the journey is the goal. Like, yeah. you don't give Why? a shit about, like, reaching the end game and doing raids or whatever. You are, like... It was so much fun to smack mushrooms and then hang on a rope to heal for 20 minutes. Yeah, you're killing a mushroom and hanging on a rope or getting into your lawn chair, and then you do it again. <laughs> and then you go exploring and find a, a sushi shack in a, in a in the bottom of a cave that converts into a mechanism and shoots Yeah! Him. It turns into, like, the strongest fucking boss I had ever seen in that game. That thing would just do a million damage, a walking sushi shack. See, maybe it's because I pay more, I've been paying more attention to it, but, like, to, like, just, like, general gaming news and, and stuff. But, like, have you guys seen what Fortnite is doing? Like, yeah, you were doing that when you were a kid. I think it's gotten even better. Like, oh, little Timmy is getting sniped at the major laser concert that's happening in-game in Fortnite. Like, him and his friends are no. all meeting up to party at the major laser concert. But it's still a real... But it's not, like, an additional game mode where you just chill at a major laser concert. Like... There is a stage, There, there is a performance in the game while the match of Fortnite is happening, so you still have to play the game, but there's just a concert. So imagine little, these little kids all trying to get to this concert, and there's like they're still shooting at each other. The funniest shit regarding that is a Rolling Stones article I saw about like an old-ass reporter for Rolling Stones who is tasked like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta cover the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite. And the article <laughs> is like him crying and whining like, I could not get to Travis Scott because I would get sniped by children. And I couldn't <laughs> find the beach. Like he, he physically, yeah, it's it's so fucking funny. Oh the, man! But yeah, like no, I, I feel like that kind of thing. Like it, nothing, nothing matches like the sense of adventure. Like Log was talking about. Like you were motivated in those games just to like you didn't know what the end game was like. Like nowadays, even as a kid, like you'd play an online game and like someone would tell you, "Hey, you're playing the game wrong, kid. Like you're not in the meta game." That is true. Like the like grinding and like youtube tutorials on how to play games correctly like prevents this from happening in mmos and shit and kids aren't even playing mmos these days well mmos don't exist so 
like like one of the most one of the most fun things, and I think maybe one of the reasons why Maple Story took so long to grind is because as a kid you get tantalized by like, wait, what's behind that portal? And you'd go like deeper and deeper into these caves, and you'd like be dodging enemies because if they'd hit you once, you just fucking explode and lose all of your experience. I forgot how brutal that game was. Yeah, if you yeah. died, you lost weeks of progress. Yeah, it was like insane. For me, it's like I I kind of knew what all the stuff was, but I just wanted to go and see it for myself. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know, level 50 or whatever. I'm going to go to the bottom of the toy castle and see the ghost. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the underwater cave and see the giant fish that fires a beam. I want to go to the bottom of the toy castle to see the dimensional crack that the final boss is inside of, and then get murked by a walking closet. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> it's, Man, I miss I miss that childlike mystery. On the outside looking in, this sounds really fucked up to me. Maple yeah. Story is like I I love Maple Story one. I don't want to play it ever again, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Maple Story is like a nonsense game. Like any semblance of fantasy dissolves when you get to like the toy blocks world. You would hear like rumors and tales, like Yo, did you hear about Pink Bean? And you'd be like. <gasps> What, yeah. what is that? And then and then someone would be like, yo, the next final boss is coming. It's a bean. It's a pink bean. And he's so strong. <laughs> you need to be level 180 to defeat him. And then you'd like get sent on your like X-Fire friends list, a pi- like a like a 100 by 100 picture of a Korean Maple Story client where you can barely see pink bean. Is Pink Bean a real boss? Like, is that yes? Pink Bean, Pink Bean was the strongest and hardest raid boss in the game for That's... like years. Oh at, the, at, the, at the time that we were all like eleven-year-olds playing the game, Pink Bean was out in Korea and not in North America. And you would just you would hear it's you'd exactly hear right. Pink you would Bean. hear those whispers. You would go on YouTube and you'd see just like a low-res Korean low video res of people footage. fighting Pink Bean, and you're like, holy shit! I have footage of Pink Bean. I have it. <laughs> The low res footage and the low res footage is almost indecipherable because of because how of how indecipherable Maple Story is as a game where like there's just laser beams all over the place and fucking like dragons are flying around because the dragon knight is stabbing Pink Bean with a spear and there's like six digit numbers pouring out of Pink Bean's body and you're like oh my god the late game in this game is like insane I I barely played Maple Story I don't what, how did the pink bean fight you like what did it do pink bean sat in a throne and blasted you with time rays it was a cartoon pink bean and it blasted you with rays sitting in heaven that's great uh, I need I need context around what years were these probably like 2007 2010 yeah like 2009 2010 no 2000 anywhere from 2006 to 2010 somewhere between then was pink okay, beans okay I was gonna say was, because uh, I think instead of playing Maple Story, I was outside playing with my friends. No. Hey. No. <laughs> you know, no. Get you're wrong. Owned. You're wrong. Get owned. I would be outside. I would. I would be outside mowing the lawn and exercising so that I could earn NX cash for Maple Story. <laughs> so I could take on Pink Bean. <laughs> yeah. I was training. <laughs> it's it's like it's like a child experience that you just can't you just can't forget. I think that, like, the first time somebody makes a game where, where it's, like, got that sense of exploration, but it's actually a good game that adults yeah. will play, they're gonna yeah. be, they're gonna be, like, 
the next billionaires oh, yeah. of the world. I mean that would that would re that would completely revitalize like the stagnant, dying, decrepit MMO market that exists right now. Like if somebody could capture that. If someone can pull it off. Yeah. When I mentioned that thing about playing outside with my friends, that wasn't to be like, oh, ha, ha, you nerds. I was, I was out, you know, I, I was struggling to think. You didn't know what how good f- we had it. No, I was struggling to think, what the fuck would I have been doing at that time? What, what games were I playing? And I was like, oh, I wasn't playing games yet. I didn't have my own computer with internet access yet. Oh, yeah. I had a big chunk. I had, I, like, my childhood phases were, like, 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 fifth grade and before that, I was just constantly gaming it up. I had friends, but we would just come over to each other's houses and play, like, Kirby Air Ride and shit. The, uh, and then theme. once I got into middle school, that's where we got filthy. And then that's where, like, that's that's when <laughs> we started, filthy? like, walking around downtown. That, that's, that's when I started, like, walking around downtown and, like, pouring, like... Like slop on people's doorsteps or whatever the fuck we did. I don't remember putting checks mix inside of Xboxes. You know, no, that was high school. That was high school. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> I want to say I feel like uh, I feel like we talk about MMOs a lot on this podcast, which is kind of funny because somebody like listening to all the episodes in order, they're just going to be like, "Man, why do these guys keep bringing up MMOs?" But for us, it's like months we apart. If you're born between like 1994 and 1997, that. W- like, you get it. Oh, well, I'm not... I guess I'm not allowed, then. Me, Bulp, and Trog don't get it, then. Because we're 93. <laughs> let's 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 move the, the range back just a little bit. Men born from 1994 to 1997 can't cook. All they know is MMOs, record podcast, and stream. Yeah, you have to understand that, like, for a long period of time, like... There, sure, there were online video games, but, like, MMOs were, like, mystical. Like, there wasn't anything really like them. Like, you're telling me that there's a game that I can play online where I'm in a world with thousands of other pe- players? That's great, you know? You know what they need? We need an MMO that, in order to play, you legally have to sign an NDA that you won't data mine or, like, leak shit from it. Like, I need a game where, like, those word-of-mouth rumors about shit in the game yeah. will, like, be expressed from people to people. I think another thing that detracts from it, too, is that, like, the internet is big and it sucks now. Like, I... Like, yeah. y- you need to find a way in an MMO to make it so that, like, I need to converse with people in the game for, like, information or whatever and, like, not have them just be, like racists or just spewing memes or something like i don't know how you do that it's like the level of people has also dropped yeah. though it's like <laughs> yeah. you know like you can you can form so you could have formed such like genuine communities back then whenever yeah. it's like everybody that plays the game is fucking 14 i remember when the mabinogi closed beta came out i like tag i like grouped up with this like group of people because we, we all bonded because we were wearing the same black robe and uh <laughs> like we we literally like stuck through the whole game together and then when the beta ended i couldn't find them anymore and it was so Aww. sad that's about i'd probably still be friends with those people to this day had that not happened that shit happened to me for like like a stupid ass game like it wasn't even nexon game it was called like they changed the name now i think it's called dragon nest now but it used to be called dragonica online and the closed beta for that like i just found like five people and we were just gonna we just like blasted through the content of the beta and we were just having a grand old time could never find them again Video game missed connections. Such a such a tragedy. 
I literally like when like yeah. So we I don't remember like what we called ourselves in Mabinogi, but man, I could I could go on and on about Mabinogi too. Old Nexon games are just the shit, man. The um, but uh, the fucking like I I specifically I was like so sad. Like wait, they wiped our friends list. I don't remember their names. Like what? Oh no, they were my best friends. I don't uh, remember what they were friends. called. <laughs> Who were they again? No, you fucking you know what I mean. I like I couldn't like I couldn't search their names like the ones that I did remember and find them. So like I literally went on like Mabinogi next on forum and i was like hey does anyone remember me i went by i i, I we were i was known i was called dark claw or whatever the <laughs> fuck in the mabinogi close beta <laughs> who remembers the black robe gang like like are you guys here where are you they sound where crazy you? i remember that every i was the like mabinogi you could like make your characters a certain age and i remember everyone in the group made fun of me because they were like you made your character 16 you fucking idiot you need to be 10 years old and i was what? like what are you? no that was legitimately a thing you in mabinogi you aged you would age uh. from 10 to 18 and like i picked 16 because i was like a 13 year old and i was like bro i want to be a cool teenager killing right. bears and shit yeah. but no if you were 10 years old as you aged you would grow so much stronger right like yeah, yeah like the and you could get like exclusive titles. Like the coolest thing in any MMO, I talked about this a million times. If you were ten years old and you managed to kill a bear, you got the title "Kill the Bear at Age 10, and it like doubled your strength. <laughs> kill the bear at age ten. It made you so strong. You know, something that would satisfy the whole like word of mouth thing without anyone being able to spoil it would be a nice a nice ARG. It's been a while since yeah. any big companies have done a nice fun ARG. But ARGs have to end, and they, and like, the disappointing well, thing with fine. ARGs is like, ARGs end, and then it's like, oh, it was, this was just an ad for bubble gum. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. There hasn't been a cool ARG since Portal 2. There has not been anything like that's that. That's what I'm talking about. It's something cool like that. I'm not saying, oh, we need a shitty one that ends with bubble gum ads. You dumbass. Why would I want that? Portal 2 is also the only ARG that I've ever seen that allowed everyone to be a part of it and not just, like, the people who are dedicated to, like, going yeah. out and finding things. Like, any ARG that you've seen since... That shit was so fun. I know. The potato sack was, like, one of the coolest things Valve's ever done. Basically, what I gather from this conversation is uh, if any game developers or anyone in the industry are listening, uh, if you want to generate that magic again, you need to have a game where... Uh, there's no info online, and there's no documentation for it online, and all the game knowledge has to be spread through people who will sound crazy, like Casper Hauser running through the streets. <laughs> uh, the next boss, it is gonna be a pink bead, I'm not crazy! It's gonna be in Chicago! We have to take a plane there now! They would, the only way this could be done is literally if you had to go through, like, legal process to play this game. And I would do it! I would do it in a heartbeat if someone pulled this shit off. Alright, I think we should move on to a different topic, uh, because... We uh, just talked about MMOs for, like, an hour. <laughs> like, well, no, the, uh, It's good, it's good talking. The prize rebel enforcement corps is at my door. They, <laughs> uh, they didn't like Trog revealing the secrets. You didn't pay for the Jamster ringtones. Damn it, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. They didn't like Trog revealing the secrets, and they didn't like Wayne saying he did heroin, so... Oh, I do <laughs> want to say one last thing. Tr you reminded me. Uh, Trog was mentioning how he used the gift cards. I I specifically went online and Google imaged credit card and tried to copy the numbers off oh, of the images nice. of credit oh, cards. God. Nice. Oh, That's my it. God. Foolproof plan. <laughs> Foolproof plan. Didn't, didn't, didn't Classics quite work. Being 12. No, it didn't yeah. quite work. Uh, so we talk about MMOs on this podcast a lot, but I have something to talk about that we have never talked about before because nobody 
had been interested in this topic except for one of us uh, since the last time we recorded, and that is... We're all watching Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. Yeah. We all like Star Trek now. We all like we all like okay, we should be specific. We are, are all We've watching Yes. We are all watching Star Trek the Next Generation specifically. We're not watching yeah. the original series or Deep Space Nine or anything like that. Anime uh anime, delete all the anime that you have on your computer. Unsubscribe from all the anime streaming services, throw all the manga you have into the fire. It's this is we're all about that Star Trek now. I will say, after after TNG, I insist that we watch DS9. Sure, I'd be totally sure. down. You guys will love it. What is Deep Space Nine, though? It's just the next Star Trek series. But is it good? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yes, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be recommending it otherwise. In truth, because I've seen like bits and pieces of Star Trek, it's a step down, but it's still good. Yeah. TNG is like the cream of the crop. Yeah. It doesn't have data. I will swore, I will warn you, it doesn't have data. Oh, what's but it the does point? have warf. It, it does, does have it warf. It does have warf. Okay. Okay. All right. You got me back. You got me back. <laughs> See, that's what I figured. <laughs> I think that Star Trek TNG specifically is like such a good watch for for like our group of friends specifically because it rides the line of like being campy and being genuine so well that just like i feel like almost every single episode is either a like goofy enough that we can like look and laugh at it together and make jokes about it or Mm -hmm. b it's like legitimately a good science fiction story that's like it's gripping but or really well yeah sometimes it's both it is yeah and oftentimes it's both you have an episode where data like creates a daughter and it looks like the most fucked up thing you've ever seen and then the episode ends and it's like one of the saddest episodes in the series like the fucking it's incredible (laughs) the but hey if listen star trek the next generation so many people have this mental association with star trek like oh that's for fucking dorks but let me tell you longest time you need to watch it yeah i mean me too the what you you need to watch it and you're gonna watch through season one you're gonna be like uh, i don't know you watch the season two it's like man you need to get to season three episode 21 <laughs> season three is the bangers no no truck you didn't let me finish you need to get to season uh, three episode 21 hollow pursuits oh there is God. something in this episode that is the funniest thing i've seen in any piece of media and i would like to speak i t- I would like to speak to Sally Caves, the woman who wrote this episode, in how she came up with quite possibly the fucking, just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Did it's you guys watch that last shit. night? Yeah. Yes. See, the problem is that I've, prob- I've probably seen the least Star Trek of anybody here because I'm just purely at the mercy of Lauren. And whenever she decides to watch Star Trek. Yeah, she's been the one hosting it. She will start watching Star Trek and be like, okay. But she'll start watching it at like 11.30 whenever yeah. I go to bed at midnight. It's so, ah, well, fuck. I see Data on the screen and I have to, I have to leave him. It's sad. <laughs> That's a shame. It is sad. I will say also, the joke is not as effective if you haven't gone through the first two seasons without building up You have to watch all of this it. Guy. You have to watch all of it. Here's the thing, here's the thing. I'll, I will say, you, you need to watch most of it because I personally haven't been, like, paying attention to every episode and I've missed a bunch here and there or some I just put on and kind of have them in the background. Oh, yeah, you, you need true. to You need to have watched, like, a good chunk of each season to understand what, what happens in season three, episode 21 and why it is the funniest thing in the fucking world. 
you need to know who Wesley is and see his character on screen acting on a regular basis for two weeks before you understand why this is so funny. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about now. I, I, it, I know what I saw that, and it, you're lying because I barely know anything about Wesley, and I still think that's funny. I feel like it has more impact. <laughs> I'm not. It has so much more impact if you know. And Wayne, I do have to say. The amount of times where we've been watching an episode and then 10 minutes from the end, you go, oh, I just got back. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I missed a lot. No, and that's why I'm probably, like, second least on the... Like, I just do other shit. Like, I really like <laughs> Star Trek, but at the same time, I'm not, like... I'm not setting aside time every day to watch it. The um, And it takes me a lot longer to watch it when I'm alone, that's for sure. Like, I've been just, like, ch- p- taking pieces out of the first episode. It's taken me, like, days to finish it. You consume media too slowly. I gotta say, though, it's just... It really is like just like the perfect thing for me, and I don't. I think that I've never attempted to watch it because I, I guess I just didn't really like. I guess in my head I didn't really know the difference between Star Trek and Stargate. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's a big difference. Yeah, pretty different. <laughs> I only know Stargate because of the Gmod add-on. That's literally all I know about Stargate. I like in my mind I think of them like I still think of them, and I think of like the single Stargate episode that I saw whenever I was 10 years old, where it was just like, I don't know. They were, they were stuck in just like a, like a bus, like a broken down bus the entire episode, but there was a space worm inside of one of them. And it was nice. just like, it was just like, bleh. It was, there's a star, there's a gate in this. <laughs> the movie's good. <laughs> no, the Stargate movie was all right. I also didn't even know where you could watch it. So, uh, what I will say is, is that like, with all, for all with all our jokes, uh, Star Trek, Star Trek the original series has not aged well at all. Like, watch it if you want for laughs. Cause it's funny. It's, like, it's pretty much exclusively funny. Yeah. Like, there's not really yeah. anything to be gained from it in a serious light. I haven't touched it. Yeah, but Star Trek the Next Generation, man. Um, especially nowadays with everything that's going on in the world, it is like still such a refreshing take yeah for sure Be, on, on on sci-fi because like sci-fi has veered into this route where it's like everything's so grim dark and like everything's just like shitty and like it's either super grim dark or dumb and flashy and stupid like even star trek even star yeah, trek even yeah like star, star trek, trek is apparently fucking... sucks yeah but but if you need a if you need a show that is very ref- like you know, compared to what's out there, is very refreshing, very well written. Especially, you know, when you get into season two, the episodes start becoming very well written, very good pieces of sci-fi. Um, episodes are usually self-contained, so it's like really good. You know, if if you if you like anime and you especially like episodic, like shonen anime, where like the episodes are somewhat self-contained, but there's still like a continuum like, a continuity to them, like, give Star Trek a shot. It is also just a overall uplifting show. It's cool. Give it a shot. Go watch yeah. it. It's on Netflix. A thing about modern sci-fi, I, I remember thinking about this whenever we were watching, like, E3 last year. It's like, yeah, a lot of it, Wayne said it was, like, you know, like, dark and depressing or whatever, or all, or maybe, like, over the top. Yeah. I wouldn't even say over the top. It's just like 
they they all cut it from like this one cloth. It's like they saw they well, saw over the top in the good way, just like Michael Bay bullshit. Yeah, like, it's like it's like they all they, it's like everybody played Halo Two, and it's like all right, this is what all sci-fi's got to look like now. <laughs> this, this is, is the, the peak. This you is, can't yeah. go above this. If you go above this, no one's gonna get it. They won't understand. <laughs> and so, like you'll you'll see, like uh, this is the this is the future. This is this is science fiction, and then they immediately like land three kind of military industrial looking spaceships on planet not Earth, and, and then, a bunch of Marines pour out. Yeah. yeah, and there's blue people. We're the we're the fucking Marines. There's not even blue people. There's just like like space dogs. There's like bugs, and they're all dirty for some reason. Like everyone's dirty. Semi on topic. I hope Avatar Two flops harder than anything ever. Like yeah. I hope nobody watches it. Please don't watch that shit ass. Why? Movie. I, I'm not, I don't want to get onto that topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think modern sci fi's lost a lot of like the spectacular looks and like you, you'll see in like seventies sci fi yeah. stuff. It's like there's a lot of just spectacle to just kind of the direction that they were going. Yeah. Yeah. And like Star Wars has it too sometimes and Star Trek like is a different dire- it's like not as like fantastical but it's still got its own unique thing. I feel like what really sets Star Trek apart is that like Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future is positive. Like that's the main difference I feel like yeah. between Star Trek and a lot of other pieces of science fiction is like yeah Gene Roddenberry is like yeah, no, in the future, uh, all humans will come together and get past our differences. And, you know, it'll take hundreds of years, but eventually we will, as a human species, like, like evolve past our problems and, like, solve world hunger and solve all need. And, like, we won't need money in the future because we'll just, like, invent machines that can create anything. Like, it's this, it's really... They live in a socialist utopia where food just comes out of machines perfectly every time. There's no homelessness. There's no hungry anymore. Like, we we have solved all of these issues. There's no hungry. (laughs) (laughs) They they got rid of hungry. It's very sad. (laughs) If you live in the Star Trek world... World, you could just go up to a replicator and just be like, bro, this is the 10th plate of scrambled eggs I've had today. Shit's yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's literally there's literally just a character that has to eat for the first time and he orders 10 chocolate sundaes. Yeah. And it's it's it's, it's just it's such an it's such a, a new. It, well, I say it's new, but this shit was made in like the seventies. Like Star Trek is old, but it's like it's just so different. It was made late eighties. TNG was was late eighties, but I'm talking about like yeah, like TOS is from like the sixties or 60s, whatever. It like, is, yeah. And Gene Roddenberry's vision was was back in TOS too. It's just that yeah. TOS is a very different show because it's you know the fifties and sixties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is, writers these days don't know how to do conflict with a positive tone yeah this conflict it's because everything sucks everything's shit everything's terrible you that doesn't what yeah you can have problems and still be like oh well things worked out if i had to pinpoint where like modern contemporary sci-fi went kind of down the gutter is like is cyberpunk cyberpunk i love cyberpunk like everyone else i think cyberpunk aesthetics and like just yeah it's cool eh. but the problem is like cyberpunk is a subgenre right and at some point people are like oh this is cool we should make everything cyberpunk and it's like no you you like cyberpunk is a subgenre and it's like very specific and you can't 
just not everything can be cyberpunk. Like start like in the new like like Star Trek can't be cyberpunk. Like you know, like right. Like it's not. Well, it's not supposed to be. Like that's the exactly. Thing. That's where it all went wrong with Star Trek. Is like at some point. I, and I mean, I haven't seen anything past TNG, so I can't speak right. to like DS9 or Voyager, Enterprise or any of those. But at some point, they just kind of like forgot about the the like ab- about specifically Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. Like at some point, they just forgot that like, oh, right, that's like the basis for this series. And then they just started making normal sci-fi, like generic sci-fi. Sci-fi went from, like, here's this weird genre about, you know, about futuristic settings where we use this setting to tell, you know, a specific story or it's it's a... It's a and it's the a stories are always, reflection. like, just strange and interesting in a way where it's like, I feel like... That's a- because th- those stories are, are meant to be, like, reflections on the world we see today, right? But at yeah. some point... People, idiots, start going like, "Oh, cyberpunk's cool. We should be more like that." Hey, what should the our what should hey? We're working on the new Transformers movie. What should it be? It should be like cyberpunk. It should be dark and gritty because technology's bad and it's dark and gritty. And hey, we're working on Star Wars. What should it be Star Wars should be dark and gritty because like, it's boring. Like cyberpunk. Yeah, it's because Gene Roddenberry's not here to say no. That's yeah, wrong. exactly. Exactly. Nobody wants to get weird with it either. Like, yeah. that's, I think that's my biggest complaint with it is like, there's not any sci-fi anymore that's weird. It, it's either cool or no one cares. The, like, give me, I want to see like fucking dudes with no nose and their mouth is like a triangle, like running around. <laughs> and the, the plot is that they're, I don't, I don't know. I can't even think of it because I'm not good enough to write Star Trek. It's yeah. just like, give me, uh, give me, give me, a, uh, I can't talk about the thing for episode 21 you can't spoil it and they're hungry and their hands are too clean so that's that's our collective review of of star trek the next generation is it's really good you should watch it i feel like specifically it feels very refreshing in this current like world climate (laughs) i think i think it's like it's made me more hopeful for the future which is kind of silly because it's like yeah this is just like words on a page like this isn't this isn't a fucking message from the future about like oh this will happen but i don't know something about it it's just like it's just like it makes me think like wow what if this happened like what if humanity really could come together and put aside our differences and invent the hollow deck like it's just it's a it's a it's a that's the end nice goal? idea no it's called a joke but the holodeck is fucking cool i mean come on the last thing i'll say about star trek is they got the techno they their prediction of what technology in the future will look like is so wrong the, yeah it's the, the super hopeful, wrong the hopeful messages are still good those have aged well right like in the future humans as a species will resolve all of its conflicts uh with debate and and not violence right we will be we will be an intelligent and coherent and, and and everybody will read shakespeare and play the violin yeah and learned but their technology is so funny because their vision of what technology would look like by now is so wrong yeah listen mankind needs to come together so that every day for my exercise routine i can fight a guy in a halloween mask with a cool sword yeah Hell yeah. In a forest every day. Okay, but are you telling me that they were off base by saying in the future people would do all their computing on handheld tablets? 
No, that that is correct. It's just they got they got touchscreens correct. They were right in that like yeah, everything in the future is going to be a touchscreen. They just got what those touchscreens looked like wrong. Most so monitors wrong. in Star Trek are like. They're just like plastic colored panels with lights behind them. Yeah, and I mean, part of that is budgetary reasons, you know. Like yeah. they were they were yeah. kind of shoestringed right. there. I just remember there's an episode where Picard is trying to figure out how to open a door using a control panel. Yeah, and the control panel is like you know it's a panel you have to enter a code, but it looks like just like a playground toy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my last thing that I want to say about Star Trek because I just realized it is. Before I started watching Star Trek, if you would have asked me, like, what is the fantasy, like, the, the fictional world, if you were teleported to, that you would want to live in? I feel like my answer for that was probably, like, something lame, like Pokemon or something, just because it's like, ah, eh, whatever, they seem like they're having a good time. Now, after watching TNG, like, definitively, if I could just be put into a fictional world, it's it's Star Trek. The holodeck is fucking cool. If it's just, like me as as i am going to a different fictional world i think star trek is a very good choice however if going to another fictional world would change me like let me let me like go to the world of bayonetta and let me be a witch that'd right? be fucking awesome but you would still pick star trek because you would be how you would be now except you have access to better technology and you'd be smarter and cooler <laughs> yeah but what if i could be a witch with guns on my feet yeah, but I mean, if I go to the Star Trek world, I I like I don't even want to be in Starfleet. Like, fuck that. Like, Man, I will just be shit, I will just be some schmuck just on Earth. on Earth. Yeah, I'll just be living on Earth. I'll be like, ah, time to living in a socialist paradise. Yeah, time to replicate anything I want. Boy, am I glad we have socialized medicine, and I'll never get sick. Like, it's oh, this is sick. Let me go to the Hollow Deck for the fifth time today. I feel like living in a castle. <laughs> Another cupcake that I can just keep eating because they don't get me sick if I eat too many? Of course. Ah, uh, yes, I'll have ten more, thank you. Oh, I've got a sneeze coming on. Guess I'll inject myself with something that makes it so I don't sneeze ever again. <laughs> Is that a thing? Did they cure sneezing? No. no, they don't cure sneezing. They do have a vaccine for the common cold. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite things about a random thing in Star Trek that I feel like was such a throwaway gag but has such dangerous consequences is that in an early i think even a season one episode dr crusher is handed a piece of gum and doesn't know what to do with it (laughs) which implies that in the year 25 whatever the fuck there is no more gum like what happened what what happened that humanity no longer we have all of these amazing pieces of technology but but they don't have gum in the future what does that mean it means dr crusher was just really dumb everyone else knew exactly what it was everybody else knows what gum is but dr crusher specifically did not know what gum was as like a 40 year old woman in the episode that we watched last night there's like an art collector who's one of their pieces of art is a perfectly preserved uh, like earth world based Baseball card with bubblegum scent. That means that that scent is like a smell no one smelled. Nobody before. understands. So they're like, nobody they're knows like, what, what this the, means. What the fuck? What is? What is this, dude? Why would you chew gum when you can just go up to a replicator, ask for a cube of steak, and chew that instead? You know, that is not you got a the same. Hey, that is not. That's not the same. same. That's would, not the same. Not, that's the same. No, I would not buy a pouch of pieces of steak to chew on for the texture. Fuck that. That's called beef jerky. Sometimes you just want to chew on something. Chew on your jerky and spit it out. It's the chewing and the flavor too. 
I don't know. I'm with Balp on this. Half of the reason I like jerky is like you can just keep chewing it. It, it, it is not the same as gum. Not even remotely. You Beef jerky does not serve the purpose of gum, and neither does a cube of steak. That's fucking ridiculous. I can't believe you even fucking <laughs> said that. I, <laughs> Computer. Generates me some steak to chew on while I work. We have to we have to get off the topic of Star Trek because we will seriously talk about this for the next thirty minutes. Star Trek is so fucking cool and funny. It's it's incredible how funny <laughs> that show is. Both like written like the jokes that they actually try to tell are usually funny, and it's just unintentionally funny because it's so campy. It's just like, yeah. ugh, we we have to move on. We have to move on. I would like to start us off with a question of my own design. Oh, okay, go for it. I'm gonna turn off my headset and I'll and I'll pretend that you. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go on. I don't know what I'm okay. saying. I'm glad you took my time with that joke. <laughs> it wasn't a joke because I didn't finish it. <laughs> well, as I was saying, I have a question of my own design. What is the absolute? So what's the question? Dumbest <laughs> thing you did as a child, consequences wise, like something you did that was could have been really fucked up. Oh, uh, I have two. One was one was consequences, and then one was uh, um, just like something I done that I did to myself. Uh, one time uh, when I was in like fifth grade, my friend had a really cool house on a hill, and like at the bottom of the hill was just like a road, and we were just like throwing big ass rocks down the hill and watching them roll, and then we realized they, these giant ass like the the. the these rocks were like maybe half the size of a mailbox, and they were just rolling out in the middle of the road. Nice. And it was like a not totally barren road. Like people drove on it, and then like the 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 the, the neighbor from across the street like ran over and was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? You're literally going to kill someone." <laughs> uh, and the other one was uh, one time I fell really hard on some gravel and like ripped my knee open like really bad. Uh, and then I went, and then it was almost healed, and I went on vacation, and I ran down a, a mini golf course hill that had bricks at the end, and I couldn't stop running, and I tripped over the bricks and ripped it open again. Damn. Wow, you're so stupid. That was so dumb. It was stupid. <laughs> there were stairs right next to it, but I ran down the hill to go get the ball. <laughs> I don't think I did anything with, like, potentially dangerous consequences. I'm also getting, like, deja vu for this question. Well, we do talk about, uh, we talk about kids stuff. Sure, we did as kids a lot. I wonder if I've talked about this before. Like, the closest thing I can think of is that whenever I was five, I decided that my room needed a makeover. So the neighbor kids were also five, and they were over, and I enlisted them to help me uh, take every piece of furniture in my room and put it in the center of my room in a pile. <laughs> no, you have not told that story. <laughs> Reverse Animal Crossing decoration. That, yeah, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, that's new to me. You, Log, Log, I think you have the best childhood stories. Like, nothing will beat the child plantation at your school. Like, that. We have talked this, about that. There's so many. We have talked about that. To answer my own question... And I'm also not sure, I, at this point, it's hard for any of us to remember what we have and haven't talked about, but I remember specifically having, like, a metallic wristband, like, it was just a metal, like, aluminum wristband, and I had a lamp with no light bulb in it. So I was like, what would happen if I put this inside of there? Oh, no. And 
I don't know how I didn't injure myself because it immediately shorted out my room. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, okay, that's better oh, than man. what I thought because I kind of envisioned you, like, putting it in the lamp while you were still wearing it somehow. And, oh, like, no. <laughs> frying yourself. No, I, was, I held it and I, like, stuck it in there and it went... Oh, my God. And my all the lights in my room turned off. That's very funny. Well, hey, that is a lesson that you only need to learn once. This also reminded me of, like... Did you ever have like a like a thing you did as a child where it like kind of just taught you like a lesson in like morality like don't do that kind of thing because I learned I learned mm-hmm. about plagiarism when I was very young in second grade uh there was like an art contest and I couldn't draw for shit and like my sister we we had this book that was like learn how to draw superheroes and it was just like a book where like there would be a really cool picture of a superhero and then like parchment tracing paper on top of it and my sister traced a really cool picture of spider-man and i just like i just like picked it up and i remembered the art contest i was like i know and i wrote my name on it and then just like it handed it in and i won and i was like and and like the school didn't realize but then i told my mom and she was like yo you don't do that you don't <laughs> You, that's not what you do, and I'm no. just like, oh, okay. Oops. I'll never plagiarize again. Well, hey, that's good to know. At least you learned the right lesson from that ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to learn it then than, like, in, in high school or college. <laughs> in some other universe, uh, Dark Wayne was like, my mom's an idiot. I'm going to do this all the time now. Better to learn it then than submitting two-piece to the Shonen Jump manga competition. Oh my god! <laughs> two-piece? The balls you gotta have to submit two-piece! Well, now you have to explain that. Yeah, you should explain, explain it. it. Explain it quickly so we can answer questions. So, um, I, I guess it, like, officially it's, like, uh, the Tezuka, um, productions, like, t- like, what's his name? Osamu Tezuka? Um, like, the, the godfather of manga basically they they hold a yearly contest this year they opened it up for international entries i'm working on it so i've been following the other entries a lot of them are they just like fucking saw the submit button and went for it without even looking at anything because it specifically says you know original story it has to end it has to be in the language that you submit has to be black and white this this many pages, like I can, I can maybe list like there's two pages of entries. I think three of them follow the rules. The most egregious one, the one that I laugh about every time, is that one of them that showed up very early on is just called two piece. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to click on it because it's just a picture of because on the cover it's just a picture of Luffy with like dollar signs for eyes. <laughs> he's glowing blue for those of you who aren't animated manga fans uh the creator of one piece is one of the judges it's such a power move and we were just yeah. talking about this yesterday but it's like this guy's taking too long to finish his series time to make the sequel you fucking lazy bitch i'm gonna make the sequel before the first one's done <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i can't i can't click on it i can't i can't check this out i haven't finished reading one piece luffy gets to raftal and it's like, get what spoiled. Gold Roger has a second treasure that he didn't tell anyone about. But yeah, it's like the examples like, okay, day one, maybe people just jumped the gun. But, you know, it's this contest has been open for like 14 days now. And like again and again, we're getting just like crazy bullshit. Like three piece. (laughs) There's one that's just like a Thanos fan comic. Nice. Like multiple entries are just like two chapters of something somebody's already done put together which is allowed. You can enter your past work but it's just like 
come on, man. You left the chapter two cover page in the middle of your entry. You got <laughs> you you gotta try and like fit it into the, the, the guidelines. Somebody submitted somebody submitted one that was just in Japanese. <laughs> that just means you got your your you like you, you got a head start. You're you're already following the rules that put you ahead of all these other entrants. I guess. It's I a good know. good place to be. I have a question. So for that original did oh, you sorry, want to answer my question that I had originally? No, I do not. I don't have an answer, honestly. You've never I, done I, anything bad? Oh, I'm sure I've done bad things. I just – I don't have very good long-term memory, to be honest. I have trouble uh, remembering what I did I in agree. high school, much less what I did when I was a child. Yeah, and I guess Bulb has, is, a, is a good boy as well. No, I just can't remember. Oh. I have bad memory. I just have a lot of memories that stand out to me because they were, like, just peculiar or funny. Like, like I'll never forget, like, being in, like, seventh grade and just, like, breaking my friend's, like, airsoft shotgun in half for no reason. And then, like, just like just all this dumb shit that didn't make any sense, like putting Chex Mix in a kid's Xbox 360. Like, Well, I remember that because well, I can never that. forget it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I did enough to make up for you guys because I've also got shit, like... When I was with my friend, I like I, I've talked about it before. When I discovered the concept of aiming ahead of a moving object, I was throwing rocks into the oh, street. No, I was right, like, why right? can't I hit these cars as they go by? So I was like, oh, what if I put the rock there before it's there? Oh no! And it hit the <laughs> bottom of their car, and they immediately screeched oh. to a halt and got out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I ran inside. Yeah, it's very similar to mine. I mean, okay, this isn't me, but the 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 funniest fucking one of like fucked up shit a kid has done is like Rocco Bodie shooting pop guns at cars and like like pretending it's a real gun and like accidentally doing it to like a Vietnam veteran. Like, yeah, that's a fucked up story. Oh, I remember I remember a kid a child story uh now. Okay. I I may have told you guys Tom this. But I don't I don't think I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast. One time when we were like when the, me and the other neighborhood kids were playing hide and seek, I was like I was like more cunning than the other kids, I guess. I wasn't more athletic, but I was more cunning. So that I was like the smart one of the group. And I looked to my best friend at the time and I was like, hey, I got an idea. The goal is to, <laughs> the goal of hide and seek is to not be found. Why don't in the, in the pending phase of the game, we just return home and watch Cartoon Network while they're looking outside. <laughs> and he was like, "You're." He was like, "You're a genius. We can win while we just sit at home and watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie." And then after about two hours later, they come knocking on the door. We answer it, and they're just like. We, we thought you were gone. We were about to call the police. And we were oh, like, oh, no. that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. Nice. That is so fucking Holy great. It's not a good Shit. idea. That's very funny. You know, I'd be up to, like, honestly, I would be up to play some hide and seek. Like, if I found the yeah. right place for it with the right people, I'd play hide and seek. That's still fun. I mean, it's like, it's why people play, like, fucking prop hunt in, like, Yeah, it's, it's the same, yeah, same concept. It's fun to just it's look a, for things. Human, you it know? is a very human thing. Hey, yes. Tron, can I come to your house and play hide-and-seek? Yeah, sure, bro. Next year, I got a question here from our Wayne Radio TV Discord in the podcast questions channel. Uh, user Suburban has a interesting question. Single most important thing you've learned from your time doing improv slash comedy on the internet? First of all, thank you for calling it comedy. Uh <laughs> 
What's hey. the most important thing hey. you've learned making garbage? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You think that's what they're going to ask? Yeah. No, but I thought that was an interesting question because I was trying to think about it. And I think the answer that I came up with for myself is like, I think the only important thing with doing stuff like that is to just know your audience. And that comes down a lot of the times with us, like with our group of just like trying to make each other laugh specifically. Yeah. Like sometimes we may take that too far in some places and make things that uh, we don't think that other people, people that will that yes, might be actively. like a little too weird for most people to, to get the joke. But I mean, I think in the end it's worked out. But sometimes that works in the best way because you just confuse the fuck out of people like it. I, I think it's important to gauge like. Make your friends laugh. Like if if you're doing a group thing, like like make your thing with the intent that your friends are going to like it. Like on on top of your audience. But the more that you grab people, and the more like on for the ride that you have people. If you're making like a longer term thing, like the more on for the ride that you have your audience. Like the weirder you can get. Like for instance, like I think the best example of this with our most recent project, HLVRAI, was the choice to end the final episode with an argument about whether or not Chuck E. Cheese is a restaurant. Like yeah. the you can take it to weird places and it'll work. Like if you can like surprise them. But at the same time, don't just go for like the most surprising thing. It's a very hard medium and it's a, it's something that's very hard to put into words just because like I've gotten so used to doing it and we all have gotten so used to doing it because it's just like it's all we do is just make stupid jokes. That it's very much just a subconscious thing. It's hard to put it into proper words, but it's the best thing when you're doing any kind of improv is don't try too hard, don't overthink it. If you if you if you sit there and try to think, oh, what would be the funniest way to respond to this? What is the absolute greatest? You ran you ran out of time. You you just got skipped over and everyone stared at you because you couldn't think of anything funny. It's weird, right? Because if we're too focused on how to be funny, it's it's it, you're making it harder on yourself to be and funny. You start second guessing yourself as well. A good like, um, who was it? Keegan Michael Key. I saw an interview by him, and he was being asked like, "Oh, what's his process for improv?" And it's like pretty much what we do, where it's like if you right, like don't think, just start, and then you move backwards, like. Oh, how, yeah. how how does it end? Well, G-Man should fight, like, like have an argument with Gordon. Oh, oh, I know what's great for that. What if they were just arguing about Chuck E. Cheese? Like, don't don't think about it. Like, just say, okay, well, you know, like, just you, you you start somewhere and you work backwards, right? You you come up with something and then you say and then you answer the why of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like with comedy, something that's kind of interesting about, like, making uh, something that's comedic is that like comedy is very subjective, right? Like there's, th- there are things that are funny to some people that are not funny to other people and vice versa. And it's like, that's why it's really important to know your audience and stuff. And I think that's why it works out for us because we've been making each other laugh for so long that we like know in advance what we think will make them laugh. So I think it I think it comes down to knowing your audience. And also, you know, there's a lot of times where maybe you say something and nobody laughs. And you know what? You can't like you you can't you let on. that get to you because you've already done it. Like, you know, sometimes you, you think going. something will be funny and it's not, and it's like, damn, that sucks. You just gotta keep going. Keep on rolling. Sometimes just going back to that and how unfunny it was can become funny. That's true. Exactly. Sometimes like, I don't know, like, I can't even think about it, because I feel like I can't even keep up with you guys half the time. Like, I think I think my sense of humor 
works the best whenever I'm like able to just write it down. Mm-hmm. And hence, I do my own special thing. But I think that one thing that can be uh, just like super, just ridiculous funny, as long as you use it uh, sparingly. It's like, sometimes it's just like extremely, sometimes the funniest thing you can do is just be very insincere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, th- I think that the, the, the Half-Life VR thing is kind of that. It's like, all right. Uh, we've got all this, all these pieces in place. We've made like a very, just like a very over the top final boss fight. You guys put out, you guys put in a lot of work to make that work. Um, let's end it with, yeah, let's end it with Chuck E. Cheese and just do our, just do the normal thing that we usually do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good to have a little bit of contempt for your audience, you know? I think, I think whether you are, do, I think... Another important thing. Yeah, like I like I, that advice is good. Have contempt for your audience. It sounds mean, but it's true. Just a little bit. Not a lot of contempt. Just just a little yeah. bit. Don't fucking hate them. Just be like, hey, fuck you. We're doing this thing. You don't want to do what they expect, right? Because that's the point of comedy is, is like it's it's doing the unexpected. So if you give your audience exactly what they want, they're not going to be impressed by it. You have to you got to subvert their expectations just enough. I also think if you're doing something in similar nature to what we did, uh, the uh, if you're going to do something super serious or you're going to do something super just wacky, make sure you've earned it, I think, is also an important thing. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're going to shift the tone, you need to have earned it. Ultimate lesson, ultimate rule, ultimate of anything in terms of being funny, be original. Do your own thing. Sure. Don't, yeah. don't be like, oh, I saw something really funny on the internet. I saw this really funny show. I'm going to do that. I think one it's to one. perfectly fine to take inspiration you from take things inspiration. that you like. Yeah, you can take inspiration. That's fine. I'm not saying that's what I said. One to one. That's the difference. Like you could take inspiration. You can have the occasional reference. Like yeah. that's fine too. Like the yeah, and then a reference is fine. I'm saying don't copy things one to one. And let me let me give you like this is like a comedy super tip right here. I'm I'm laying down the shit that they charge people for right now. If you reference something that nobody fucking knows what it is because it's so obscure, they'll never know unless you tell them. I feel like we do that a lot where we reference something that's just so funny to us, but it's like some 100 view YouTube video that literally only 90 other people have ever seen. So it's like we can just we can just do this directly. Like nobody will call us out on copying this because nobody knows what it is. There's a part in Act 3, Part 3, where Scorpy just says the words, highest jump in the pool, and that is something none of you will ever get, and I will never explain it. Nope. It, it, it was, and it was very funny. Well, actually, we gave it an award. We did that give it true. an award. Oh, yeah, we did. And that was another example. When we gave it the award, that was like us doing that. Yeah, that was just us referencing something that we all know us. about, but none of you guys do. So, I mean, like, you can you can pull that back out and say, like, diversify the material that you draw inspiration from like look look for look for stuff that nobody else is even thinking of looking for and you will find some just like some choice pieces that you can just add into your repertoire and it it goes down great yeah and that's a tip for any kind of creativity not just comedy yeah get get weird with it i was just about to say like i really admire like akbu they're the animators that made like the the like really weird segments in the pop team epic anime and they made, they made like, Gallo Sengen, the yeah. mu- music video that is i saw a documentary about like 
about them that was like a pretty short documentary. It was just on YouTube, but it was very eye-opening to me because, you know, they, it, it wasn't just weird, but it was, you know, their, their style is so distinct. And, you know, in it, they have this very brief thing where they talk about how they got into that. They're like, they're, you know, they're obviously big, like, anime and, and, and manga fans themselves. But they said, you know, they would read Shonen Jump. And they were like, wouldn't it be funny if we had, like, Shonen Jump made by aliens? Like, how can we get the essence of this and we run away from the original thing as far as possible with it? And I think that's a good skill. I've been trying to do it more, right? Look at, it doesn't have to be just with comedy. Look at what you like and try to find the essence of it, right? What do you like about it? Because that is not, you know, if you can distill what you like to that, then you can, you know, that's that's what style is, right? You figured out what you like. Now you can hone it and do your version of it. Yeah. Ooh, we really, uh, we, uh, we took that question and ran, but it was a very, very good question. Thank you very much, Suburban. That was a very, very good question. Sore Oz, they actually have two good questions. Their first question, which I think would be funny to address, I'm genuinely curious, how did you guys go so long without knowing that Scorpy used a rock band mic? I was going to pick that one too. And so that piece of information like blew me away. Um, the, uh, the other, the other night when he revealed it to us in the Q and a stream, the, that Scorpy throughout the entirety of HLVRAI was using a rock band mic that literally it's not mounted. He, it's just on his desk and he picks it up <laughs> to talk into it. The, uh, the fucking like he, he either picks it up or like props it up on something. The thing that blew me away, he said that to us at some point, like back in like 2013 yeah. when yeah. we were on Skype in 2012, yeah. we were on Skype. He would say that that was, the reason why he couldn't talk most times is because he didn't always have access to the rock band mic. It was his friends, I think. It's not even his rock band mic. And the fucking and the the thing that blew me off my feet is that he has been using a rock band mic for eight years. 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 That he just won't buy a better one. And he's and he's like a video creator. Like he creates like like the fact that I, it's just it's incredible to me and well he never has to talk in his videos i know that's true thing. he's more of a visual artist i don't think it's that he refuses or doesn't have access to better a better microphone i think it's his dedication that prevents yeah. him from getting a better microphone <laughs> he, he, pl- he plugged that rock band mic in and he was like this is perfect well, the only other mic he's plugged into his computer was an iToy mic, which is, uh, if, if you have a PS2 iToy, the microphone on an iToy is the most fucked up thing. There's a 90% chance that when you plug it in, it will pitch up your voice by like 40 semitones. You'll sound like a mouse. I don't know why. I would not put it past Scorpy to just be like, huh, using the rock band mic is funny. I'm just going to keep doing it. Like, that's, that's just the kind of guy Scorpy is. Like, if he thinks something is funny, he will do it no matter what. Like, he is dedicated. His Twitter account has been, like, just tweets about the PS5 for, like, two years. Yeah, for years. For years. We got to get Scorpy on one of these podcasts. Their second question is, and this is, like, another uh, good one. Actual question. How many ideas have you guys scrapped in the last couple of years? Like, did we have any ideas that didn't make it? Like, just in general? For anything? Yeah. The thing is, is that a lot of these questions target us as, like, like a streaming content creator group when, like, a lot of it... Like, yeah, we all have ideas. I've probably... Like, if you're talking about streaming ideas, 
or like videos. Yeah, a lot. I don't know. I don't know in number. And there's some that like I haven't quite scrapped. Like I bought, I spent maybe like $250 on like items for a very stupid gimmick stream that I still have <laughs> that I've just never got around to doing. And like, it's a difficult joke. Wayne's a very busy creator nowadays. Yeah, I mean, shit will just randomly blow up on me. I think what you're also trying to say is that we don't scrap too many ideas, but I think that's because, like, whenever we think of anything, we usually run it by each other, and, like, we are pretty good at, like, you know, shooting down bad ideas, like, the moment, like, we don't we don't let it go late into the process before we go, oh, this is a bad idea. I will say, as 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 a collective group, in terms of ideas that weren't just, like, immediately shot down or talked about for a few days... Very, very few, if none. I feel like we've gone through with most ideas or just put them to the side for now. In terms of individuals, that's completely different. I personally have ditched more projects than I've finished. You as an animator, like yeah. a lot of that, you've that's done just a like ton of shit that just never has yeah. made it to the public eye, yeah. In terms of, yeah, in terms of like solo stuff, like I don't, like I'm, I'm not doing this stuff full time. I'm doing it because my friends are doing it and it's fun to hang out with them. But, like, in terms of group stuff, I want to say that we, like, as a group, I feel like we're very good at recycling. Like, like we use every part of the buffalo. I feel like whenever we come up with an idea, like, if somebody comes up with an idea and everybody agrees that it's funny, like, even if that idea specifically doesn't make, make it, it out, something else. it will, like, bits and pieces of that idea that are individually funny will make it into other things that we do. Like, I can't, like, I, I legitimately was thinking really hard about this question, and I can't come up with, like, anything that I can think of that's, like, something that we tried and just didn't work or or anything like that, because I feel like everything that we come up with, even if we don't do that specific thing, we do, like, recycle the idea eventually and do something similar. Like even like the half life the half life AI stuff itself was a recycled idea. Like Wayne did Half Life Two AI stream like it. I did something like it, and it was pretty funny, but not like outstanding. And like I, I, I think it, it was very funny, but it didn't have any staying power. And then I re, I reworked the idea and changed something, and it worked that much better. Exactly. Like, some, some, sometimes we'll recycle things that we've already done, and we'll make them funnier. Sometimes yes. we will recycle things that like piece of things that we never got around to doing. So much of being creative is iterative. You know, you're not. Obviously, like, don't redo the same thing over and over and over again. But, like, if yeah, something you don't doesn't want to work beat a out, dead horse. Yeah, if something doesn't work out quite the way you expected, you know, don't just stick it on a shelf. Try to, you know, look See at why it, it and, failed. And figure out, yeah, and figure out if you could turn it into something else, more importantly. Be like Jim Henson. Is that and, what Jim Henson did? Yeah, make Be puppets. like Jim Henson and make puppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah <make laughs> puppets. same joke. Hey, maybe that's your thing. I don't know. But I I only say that because I got stuck watching a documentary about him. Listen, be like Jim Henson and make a puppet of a frog, and he'll be famous. Get really rich, spend all the money on your friends and family, cheat on your wife. I mean, you know, go go crazy. Go stupid. My brain's gonna run out of gigabytes. (laughs) Is that just a general statement? (laughs) I don't know, because, like, yeah, I wouldn't say that I, like, give up on ideas either, right? Yeah, as an individual. Oh yeah, but but they just kind of they just kind of like store and and like 
gather they they like they they gather energy in my they brain. gather their power they they expand logs ideas for his comics like he has like workshopped them in like many forms like he like one of the comics he's writing right now is based on like a D campaign that we played like four years ago at this point maybe three i don't know how long three. it's been the uh and like, and he's just, and he's just been keep it. He he just keeps iterating on these cool ideas and making them even cooler and even cooler until they're ready to be put in this more like professional and like fleshed out format. And it is something I very much respect that you've you've had these ideas that you loved this much to like keep rolling with them. They're, they're, the gigabytes are in there and you're using them. It's scary though. I'm afraid of them expanding too big and blowing your brain up. And your head blows up. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm surprised that I haven't forgotten anything. Write it down, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, then don't complain. I agree. I only write things down for ideas I have, like if I know that they're going to be like put into action very soon. Like otherwise, all my stream bits ideas like are just like logged in my head. Like I tried writing down stuff before, and I was like, and it's like, all right, I'm the only I'm the only one looking at this. I'm the only one writing it down, but it seems stupid. So yeah, no, what I was going to say, what I was going to say is like, I've done that before or like, or I've thought about it. And one thing that I think of is like, I feel like if I, th- if I think of something now, let's say it's 2018, I just got a hundred viewers for the first time on Twitch or whatever the fuck, I don't know. And I have an idea for something and I write it down and all of that is maintained. If I go back and look at that a year later, I'm going to like notice the things that I don't think are funny anymore and be like, oh, this like sucked, even though there was some good stuff there. But when I keep it in my head. If I still remember that, like a year later, I'll only remember the shit that I think is still funny, and I and I'll put that into action. The like, if if I write it down, it's gonna like, it's gonna, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just your a mental bias. What I was gonna say is, I have written shit down, like ideas I've had for a video or something. I wrote it down in a notebook. Uh, like six years later, I find that notebook, I read it, I'm like. Oh, that was a really good idea. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I did it. Yeah, I mean, it can happen both ways. But I feel like for the nature of what I do, it's just fucking keep it in the brain. The like, I mean, sometimes you write shit down as well and it doesn't make any fucking sense. And the fact that you wrote it like that is incredibly funny. That's your fault. Wayne's advice is never write anything down. Throw away your pens. (laughs) I I don't know. Never write anything down unless you're delirious. (laughs) Don't don't write it unless it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like like i had i have a document that i probably made whenever we were doing like maybe even before probably much way before we did the uh the D campaign where i was writing down stuff for this story and i thought oh this is stupid i stopped doing that and now all i do I, like i still use that document and i just write down like <laughs> jokes in it that, okay. I, that i don't that like that, that's the only thing that i can't forget or that I that I that I like can't afford to forget is the jokes where it's like oh somebody <laughs> somebody said gorbilga glue I'm gonna write that down <laughs> I just remembered that okay so case in point I just found something that I wrote that I wrote down I don't have the date May sixteenth twenty nineteen which was shortly before we would go on a trip to see our friends in Texas. And we had ideas like, oh, man, when we're down there, we're not we're never in prison together. We should like film a skit or something, just like a stupid little video. Man, and I wrote down I wrote down a couple short paragraphs that I think are funny because, like, I don't know what the fuck this means anymore. And I think maybe maybe this is a, uh, a contradiction to what I had previously said. Uh, Texas skit. You guys ready? You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. 
I <laughs> Texas skit. Gong chimes for a special time. Only one person reacts and gets mad that no one else did it, and they didn't get any bonuses. Then it rings, and third time, and we get scared. We don't know what it means when it rings a third time, and it keeps ringing. Arag will lift a couch. Lightly underhand throw a torch at a man who fails to dodge it. False freeze ram. What? I don't know what any of this means anymore. Are you sure that wasn't, like, AI-generated or something? No, like, totally. I vaguely remember <laughs> Gong Chimes for a special time. I kind of remember what that bit was. I have no idea what that is. Arag lifts a couch is specifically... I, I just wanted I just wanted to ape off the, the video of the kids thinking Katy Perry died and the kid gets so <laughs> mad that he lifts a couch. The uh, lightly underhanded throw a torch at a man who doesn't dodge it, I think was like a reference to some weird video we watched of like, Probably. I don't know. But, but yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. I think we should try to make that skit not knowing what any of that means now. And like, Great that'll idea. be even funnier. So hey, Great maybe idea. write shit down that's not funny and it'll become funny later. Who knows? So write shit down, like I said. There you go. This question comes to us from Himborticulture, who asks, What games or media were most formative for your personality today? Like, what content molded you, if any? Mm, that's pretty easy. I feel like me. we've talked about this uh, in the past a little bit, but I want probably for all of us, I'd say uh, Tim and Eric. Like... If not, like, the show specifically, then just Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim's yeah. collective works, like, in general. Their styles. I've seen a lot of people, like, going, like, oh, I don't get it. They're too weird. But, like, not really. <laughs> I personally didn't even get into Tim and Eric's stuff, like, at all until, like, late high school. I was a late bloomer in terms of, like, the fucked up comedy. Going back and watching some of the first season of Tim and Eric, it's, like, astounding to me how ahead of its time that show was. And that seems like a weird thing to say whenever it's such a fucking weird show. But whenever you think about what that show – like, the, that show is older than you think it is. Let me say that. That show is oh, from, yeah. like, 2007. Like, it's so indicative of, like – internet humor and culture now like it is crazy the the footprint that tim and eric left on the internet this is a bold stance but tim and eric paved the way for like modern comedy like modern in like, way, comedy yeah. in comedy in our age that is like the way that it used to be all sucks like there's not a single stand-up comedian that is like that, that has like i mean maybe there's a few but there are not many stand-up comedians that have like molded with the times the ones who have are doing it great but like the tim and eric tim and eric molded a lot of like the modern internet humor in a way that i feel like is very obvious when you go back and watch uh awesome show and i think i think what makes them interesting as like comedy people is that they have just always managed to stay one step ahead like they have never I never feel like I have seen something that Tim and Eric has done that felt like cliche or anything unless it's unless that's like the joke, you know, but like they they just have always managed to like outpace what the general idea of comedy is like they were they were doing like 2015 internet humor in 2007 and I'm sure the shit that they're like they just keep having to get weirder with it because it's as so true. As people catch up with them, they, like, have to keep making things weirder and weirder. And, and I'm like, I'm totally and for it. 
the road that they have paved is so big and like so walked on at this point. Like there are so many like musicians now who will like get music videos done for their shit that look like something Tim and Eric would have done in like 2010. Like they have influenced so many people. They are they are the comedians comedian, as we always say, like they are incredible. And and so like Tim and Eric, my answers are Tim and Eric. Um Mega 64 is a big one. Yeah. The uh, Mega 64 is huge inspiration, both for like the actual like style and, and content that we create and also just like their humor. Um, the YouTube poop is like not a oh, person, yeah. I mean, of but course. The, the cultural movement that is YouTube poop is like probably number one. It's up there. Um, the uh, if I didn't watch YouTube poop, if I didn't watch um, the uh, insert your blank here by whoever the fuck, I only remember the name of the first YouTube I watched. I don't remember anything else about it. It was called insert your blank here. And if I didn't watch that in fifth grade, I would be a fundamentally different person today. Yeah, for better or worse. For better. I've just, I've permanently decided for better. Yeah, shout outs to Starrod Man for including a link to the YouTube forums inside of one of his videos or else I'd be fucked. <laughs> uh-huh. What were you going to say, Gar? I was going to say the, the handful of things I would say that really affected how I behave, especially since like 2010 onward. Like I grew a brain in 2010 and I've been getting better ever since. And it's been getting bigger every day. It's been getting, and my brain is so big. I would say. Whose line is it anyway, just for the, like, quick wit? For being the only piece of improv comedy to ever be funny on network television. Congratulations. For being the funniest fucking quick-witted shit on TV at the time that I watched TV. Uh, YouTube poop, obviously, growing up with that kind of sense of humor and just fucking growing and evolving with it over time. And then the kind of humor that Valve games always had. The dark, but not, like, disgustingly, like, gritty humor that they had, like, TF2. Yeah, they have a very Yeah, there's people that are decapitated and, like, blown up, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, visceral. It was just, like, slapstick. It was hardcore slapstick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon type shit. And then just as shit went on, like, the little, little, like, quips they would have in fucking Half-Life 2, the entirety of fucking Portal 2. I think the one thing that ha- that did have the most, like, direct impact on me was YouTube Poop. But, like, that kind of energy exists uh, throughout, not, you know, looking back on it. Not not right now, but looking back on it before, I, I, a lot, that kind of, like, same energy of, like, a lot of people would call it, like, punk. Uh, that energy of, like, hey, it doesn't matter if it's good or not, just go out and do it. I, it runs through, like, a lot of the media that I that I like. YouTube poop had the most direct impact on me because it, I think it was like the first time I saw a YouTube poop. I don't even remember the first one I saw, but it was the first time where I had seen something that I thought was funny and felt like, oh, I can do that because I had seen stand up yeah. before. But stand up, what was stand up to me as a kid, like a like a like a fifteen year old kid, like stand up was like these adults who are like, man, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I genuinely thought it like, oh, I'm accessible. not funny. Yeah. yeah, like like you'd see you'd see a stand up comedian on TV and you'd be like, oh, not that's just like for like it's like twenty people to do this. I can't do it. Like, exactly. but YouTube poop was just like some stupid bullshit that someone made online. And even like b- before that, like you'd go on like albinoblacksheep.com and see like flash animations. And I have a yeah. distinct memory of like like watching those flash animations and being enamored with them in a similar way to YouTube poop. But then I would go and like my dad literally got me like Adobe Flash and I yeah. did it. Yeah, and I, it took me like an hour to make a ball bounce. And I was like, yep. how the fuck do they do this? It's and I was like discouraged. Out. The people, the people that get that spark. And then, like, 
animators are incredible people. The um, the people that can get that spark and then keep rolling with it and stay committed to it. Like I, I commend them. Um, but the uh, but then like with YouTube poop, it is like it is clearly just this like this weird like mishmashing of like pre-existing things and like then you would like see a video of like how someone did it because like back in the day people would literally make like how to make youtube poop tutorial and even if you were just making like the same thing as everyone else it was still like i made this and it is of a similar caliber to the thing that made me laugh so hard like even my shittiest youtube poop like it was accessible it was still like the others yeah yeah i still to this day remember being like Oh my god, I just made Luigi say fuckhead by by censoring the word egg and egghead and yeah. calling my mom to my room. He'd be like, hey mom, check this out. <laughs> well, where, where I don't we? remember what we were talking about. Where do we, where did we where did leave we off and where do we begin again? I had computer problems. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, for you guys, it was an instant, but for us, it was months. Why Why do you think this episode took so long to come out? Yeah, we actually recorded this in April. We had to rebuild Bob's computer from scratch. We all had to learn how to build the quality Intel processor from scratch. We extracted metal from rocks in our yards and used it to make a new processor. Our computers are now powered by an AI of human intelligence. Yes. <laughs> His name is Emmett Calhoun. <laughs> keep, hey, keep that one in the back pocket. You never know. Yeah. You never know. What we were talking about, I believe, was we were talking about uh, media that influenced us. And YouTube poop. Yeah, we were talking about YouTube poop, Tim and Eric. I don't want to talk about that anymore. We kind of covered it. Log, did you have anything to say about that specific topic? Um, I think that nowadays, like, the thing that I want to do is I want to, like, try and take Homestar Runner and Xavier Renegade Angel and mash that up into a like a text form. That's awesome. That's kind of like how I want You do it well. Gather you power to to read. You do it very well. I need to like I'm just going to praise you live on the podcast. The fucking line, like I know I know exactly what you're going for and the fucking line in the last chapter of Gather You Power, I'm I'm going to make you wish the circus was never born or something like that. That one was so good and it is exactly those two things. That is where it's coming through. <laughs> Yeah, you bringing up Homestar Runner, like, I, I can't believe I didn't answer that. Homestar Runner had a profound Runner, impact yes. on my comedy, for sure. Gee, Trog, are you sure? Yeah, exactly. Look at my fucking username. I never changed it for whenever I was in sixth grade. Oh, yeah, throwback to when we were talking about, like, comedy stuff. Like, another thing that is funny is just getting, like, basic phrases wrong. That is funny. Yeah. That's a good joke. Yes. Just, like, act like you're an alien that has landed in the United States and is trying his best. <laughs> the I I have three older cousins. When I say older, I mean, like, they're, like, way older than me. Like, they're all in their mid-30s now. And um, the I am so thankful that one Thanksgiving, when I was, like, seven, they showed me Homestar Runner, specifically, like, the virus spemail. And it was the one of the funniest things. No, I think at that point in my life, that was probably the funniest thing I had ever seen, was the virus spemail. <laughs> yeah, that shit was awesome. The Melon Lad asks, I know you've talked a lot about how excited you are for this explosive growth in your community, but is it scary at all? Is there anything that makes you nervous about having a wider audience? Love you all. Hope your days are great. I gotta think about that one. Are you are you scared? Yes or no? Uh, I, I think I have more at stake to continue being good. Like, the... I gotta, like... I think the only thing that's scary is that I just got to keep up in the ante and I'm confident that I can do it. 
like the I don't have to change much of what I'm doing. I just have to be consistent and like knowing that can be scary in a way, but it's like it's scary in a fake way because like I know that I'll do it because I've done it. You know what I mean? Like I've like like there there have been so many times where I've had this same fear as I got bigger and as I got bigger and as I got bigger, but just like it'll I will like even even if there's times where I feel like I don't have any ideas and how I can keep topping myself, it will just it will happen. Like that's just how my brain works. And I have a friend group that will help me to continue thinking of ways that I can keep improving my entertainment and my content. Yeah. If you don't have good ideas, we will (laughs) six months ago, like, Hey, don't, don't let Gert trip you up. I have lots of good ideas. Just not every (laughs) single day of my life. The, uh, six months ago or whatever, I was doing pretty good with streaming, but like, I last year I had a video blow up the Yu-Gi-Oh video, which is just a one-time thing. I was never going to create anything out of it. It was just a little surge in views, but like the numbers were the, the the highest peak I'd ever seen on anything I'd ever done. And the and I thought like, well, it is the end of the year. I haven't had anything nearly that big. I don't know what my next big thing is. I don't know if there will be a next big thing. And anytime I have that thought. I can just remind myself now, especially like, bro, just keep doing what you're doing. It doesn't matter if like you have a couple boring streams or whatever, or not even boring streams, but streams that are just not as inspired as some of the other things you've done, because one day you will get another idea and it will be as impactful as these other things that you've created. Like, it'll just, I don't know. I, 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 the things that I'm afraid of are temporary. You bide your time. Mm -hmm. One, one thing that I, that I, that I could say I'm afraid of, I guess is becoming like, Big to the point where there are expectations of things that I'm like not ready for. Like I think I think a scary thing that could be in my future would be like being a big enough content creator to like have or be at an event. Like that sounds <laughs> yeah. like a nightmare to me. Like having a panel or even just like running oh a gosh. booth at a convention. Dude, like, I think that'd be it would the be, coolest. It would be shit. great. It would it would be bro. It, yeah, but like when <laughs> people the, the idea of people like physically, it's one thing that. The idea, it, it's one thing to have 5,000 people watching me do an improv performance live. It's another thing to think, like, there are people, like, there are, like, a thousand people, like, physically coming to, like, see me at this place. That yeah. is scary. That is fucked up. Now, I, I agree. That is, it's definitely a different, like, live, like, what you do is live, but there's a difference between yeah. live on the internet where somebody can just have your stream open on a second monitor and be playing, like, fucking black ops or whatever and then it's like no this is a this is like a room full of people who have literally nothing better to do than to like watch you and like (laughs) nothing else they are just here to watch you it is the difference between seeing a number and seeing the number seeing the people behind the number they're like the other thing with that too is like it's not just the fact that like they have to watch me because like i've done shows like i've done twitch streams like the hlvr ai thing like i think most people watching that did not just have it on in the background like they were watching that very intently but it's the fact that like when you're streaming you have so many safety nets of like if you if like shit just suddenly starts going wrong in a way that you're like not good with i could just smack the brb button and say like hey i need to just go like sit in another room and drink like 10 glasses of water really yeah. quickly the um sometimes that's more doable than others i feel like on the other hand though if you're on a stage right and let's say like you're doing like a live like gameplay thing or whatever and the game crashes the whole fucking computer crashes you can sit there and like stare at all these people like this this fucked up, guys. 
You want to just sit here and like hang out and fuck around? You can like just sit there and be a clown right in front of them. You can do that whenever the game messes up, but I do. Th- I do think your idea of that I'm on a stage playing a game yeah. that's probably not going to be like whatever my live. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying like that's just an, that's just an offhand example I have. Yeah, and I mean it can very easily go the other way where you can like you like it's stressful to have five thousand people in front of you as well, but like. The you get like immediate confidence boost or whatever if like you say something laugh. and people do laugh yeah yeah totally but the other thing is on the internet you see the numbers you're there you're trying to keep those numbers staying there if you're in person they're already there because they already like you you don't have to keep them there I suppose uh, when I do my panel hundreds of people walk in and out constantly yeah, the numbers just, are constantly fluctuating. So you're not having to like struggle to like keep up a perform. You could sit there and yes. and just like say a say five words the whole time. Yeah, and as long as it was five really good words, they'll they'll enjoy it. I don't want to like downplay the difficulty of streaming because it's not like it's not just a thing that anybody can do easily. Like we have yeah. plenty of evidence to the contrary that many people have no <laughs> idea how to run a stream. But I will say that there, your Wayne is right about kind of like the safety net aspect, where it's like I feel like with a live performance, it's sort of like higher risk, higher reward, right? Like you have higher highs and lower lows because Definitely. if you're telling if you're telling jokes to your microphone and people in the chat all spam LOL, like that feels good, but it doesn't feel as good as a room full of people like uproariously laughing at something you said. But on the flip side, if you say something on stream and nothing pops up in your chat, that's like whatever. That's like a neutral feeling. If you if you say a joke on a stage and nobody laughs, that feels bad. Like that is not <laughs> yeah. a good feeling. Like like I have like nightmares about that kind of shit. Like it's like just a pit in your stomach. Ugh. Yeah. And I will say if you were on if you were like you had to do like a panel or something and it turned out you like woke up that day, you felt like shit, you had like a fucking migraine, you had a stomach ache. If you were like, yeah, sorry guys, I'm not really feeling up to doing this. That's that's there's there's disappointing people on the internet, so it's like, oh, sorry man, get well. And then there's like a whole crowd of people is like, what the fuck? I came out here and you're like wasting my fucking time. Yeah, like I paid money for this. The stakes for in for a real life live event are much higher, but I feel like the payoff is also much higher. I feel like we could I feel like we could float our own panel. I feel oh, like yeah. we could do either something really fucking weird that nobody would expect and people would like that or I feel like we could just do like a like a panel panel, you know. A chill hangout, Q&A kind of whatever. Yeah, something more sincere. Live live where do we begin yeah, recording? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's pretty much what it would be. Like just having like a like a fucking my brother, my brother and me live show where like they just have people walk up and give questions. The yeah. uh, but like we all know we all know how that can go south. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The the but also all of this is like it's just a funny fear to have because like I know if I did get to that point, it would probably be fine. TwitchCon 2022, PAX East 2021. It is a possibility, but it is not a path that I am immediately walking by any means. I'm gonna keep doing my own thing. Okay. So that we actually wanted to go a lot longer with this podcast, probably. Well, I don't know if a lot longer. We're coming up on two hours here. Yeah, but like we wanted to go longer with this podcast uh, because it's been so long since we've done uh, an episode. But um, Balp is having some bizarre technical difficulties where his CPU is eating all of his computer's resources and it's making him impossible. See, when Bill Gates originally make 
uh, Windows, he left in a bug. This bug is called Starbug. You're here? Are we? Can we keep recording? I'm, it's still know. going. I thought I'm, you weren't here. I was under the impression that the last like minute of the podcast wasn't going to have you. I'm still here. I just don't know about the quality of my recording, and the issue is like I'm not sure if it'll come up again. Let me finish the podcast and um, mm. just I'll do it. Okay, I'm going to take care of it. The uh, you don't have to. If your if recording's bad, don't interrupt me because then there's no explanation for like why I got interrupted. Now, Babel just ADR himself. We, it's true, actually. You could just do that. Um, the, so yeah, this podcast probably would have gone a lot longer. We had a few more questions that we wanted to answer, but the unfortunate thing, uh, we didn't know where we were going to end this podcast, but we've been forced. Our answer has been forced upon us. The answer is now. Damn. So that's it. Thank you for listening. We're if you enjoyed this podcast, there are plugs. Are we doing plugs? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. What the, fu- what the fuck? What I don't the know. Fuck, I don't know. Man. We Look, we don't know how this podcast begins or ends. It could end at any moment and I could miss the plug section. Okay, but what about the plugs? I'm going to restart that. We didn't know where this podcast would end, but our answer has been forced upon us. The time is now. So if you enjoyed this podcast, there are many more. Uh, we are all over the place. If you search Wayne Radio TV on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, you can find more episodes. If you listen to this somewhere else, you got another preferred app, you can find us all over the place. I'm streaming constantly on Twitch.tv. That is my job. Twitch.tv slash Wayne Radio TV. You can find me over there. And YouTube.com slash C slash Wayne Radio TV is where I put all my hot vids. Of course, Wayne Radio TV on Twitter. Just Google Wayne Radio TV. You'll find a billion links. I'm all over the place. And everybody else got stuff they're doing, too. Yep. It's the same thing for me. Google Mastiger, and I'm pretty much all the top links. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Are there not any, like, false Invader Zim results? No, not anymore. It's been long enough. It's been 14 years. You are more relevant than Invader Zim. Congratulations. (laughs) You've reclaimed the name. He's done it. Thank God. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, basically everybody's pretty much streaming now. Uh... I, I I am not streaming as often, but you can find me on Twitch, uh, TR0G, because Trog was taken, and that was the best I could do. Go to my Twitch channel, specifically into my VODs, and check out a VOD there that should be called Quest. It is a half-hour music video compilation, kind of. Uh, kind of its own, like, weird thing that I did that, uh... Hopefully you can listen to it. I don't really know if the VOD's been muted, so uh, check it out if you can. If you can't, sorry, should have been there. If you want like an aggregation of updates about all this stuff, and if you want to ask podcast questions, you should join the Wayne Radio TV Discord server, um, which hopefully you'll be able to get to soon by typing discord.gg slash Wayne Radio TV, but I am not partnered yet, and uh, otherwise that relies on server boost. So otherwise, click the link in the description, or just... Google it. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> the log, you have a little comic that you write, don't you? Yeah. A so, big comic. That was demeaning. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you said writing, you do, too. You, but... do a, you do a little comic uh, <laughs> of, of characters on paper. Yes, I, 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 do a, I do a little series of images. Uh, it's called Gather Ye Power. It is a comic uh, that is combination of comedy and fantasy with powers and tricks. However, and a right now, Gather Ye Power is on hold. It's on hiatus because I'm working on an entry for 
the aforementioned uh, Tezuka manga competition. So that's going to be something that. that what the is that like? There's no like community aspect of that process, right? Like there's they're not like vo- like people aren't voting on them, and then the ones that get the most votes go to the judges, right? It's like straight so to them. That's the thing. It's like really, it's it's a it's a closed box. We we don't really know. Like there's a panel of judges. I know for a fact that not all of these are going to go to the judges. So there is like a rating thing that shows up on the entry list. Like, it's just like the, the amount of likes that any given thing has gotten shows up on that list. So, I oh, mean, so we can help you. Yeah. We so, so whenever I'm done, I will request your humble assistance in hitting the heart button on a page. I will use every drop of clout that I have to make sure you get a 5 billion rating, whatever the highest number is. I don't care. We're going to hit it. The, uh, so follow Log on his Twitter, twitter.com slash logblaster, where you can see updates on that and you can upvote this new comic. Yeah. Do you have a name for the comic? Not yet. Um, generally, I, I don't stream things. Um, I don't play... A lot. I honestly don't play video games like nearly as frequently as any of my friends, so I don't really generally have a reason to stream. But Log does show up on streams. Yeah. Yes. But for this, um, I'm thinking I might stream me working on this new project since like I don't have any gathery power updates to give to anybody. And you got nothing to hide, like at the yeah. same time. It's not like gathery power where you kinda wanna like surprise people with the next story turn. This is all one concise thing. Yeah. This is kinda this is meant to be like a like an encapsulated story. I might try like a like I might try streaming it over the weekend. It might have already occurred by the time you listen to this. And we'll see how that goes and see if I'll continue doing that. It'll be on Twitch TV slash Logmore. So Balp is in CPU hell right now, so I'm going to plug the things that he does for him. Balp is also a digital media artur. He has a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Balp, B-A-A-U-L-P. He also has a YouTube channel. You can get to that at youtube.com slash C Balp, right? Yeah. Yeah, so youtube.com slash C slash Balp. You can find all of his cool vids. Uh, Balp is a very inspired a very focused video creator and director he's a very talented guy you should check out his videos i specifically recommend that you check out the video news of the future because it's fucking great um the and then what he's also on twitter of course one final thing at the moment of this recording it does not exist but once this goes live um the wayne radio tv merch store for hlvr hlvr ai and anything else i do will be live. The Wayne Radio Tangible Vitams storefront. Uh, it's a bad name for great items. Terrible name. I've stuck with it. Go to, go to teespring.com slash stores slash Wayne Radio TV to check out the hottest Half-Life VR self-wear AI items and one shirt that has a picture of me and Balp on it and we're red and it says war crimes and it's awesome. And email where do we begin QA at gmail.com if you want to answer questions and don't want to join our Discord server. This has been a messy and long plug section, but I hope you check it all out and I hope you love it all. Any party words? Help me! What? Yeah. Yeah.